Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Yeah. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Hello and welcome to the Action Network podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Peter Jennings. As always here on the golf podcast, we're joined by Jason Sobel and Drew Stoltz, a.k.a. The Sleaze. And fellas, I enjoyed the podcast so much last week, except for the fact that you guys quoted the $200,000 that we won, we would have won collectively. The agreement was, and it was on the podcast, we were entering the $100 Millie Maker, which we would have won $1,500 for. So you guys will be credited with your net on that contest, but $200,000. Let's not get greedy, fellas. So what do you have to say for yourself? I like greed. Uh, I've got lawyers on this, multiple lawyers. They haven't passed the bar yet, but they are working on it as we speak. And, uh, I believe that sometime in 2027, we'll come to an out-of-court settlement where uh, after I pay the lawyers, I'm still going to be net negative on this whole deal. Or we could just go somewhere and play golf with a little bit of money that we did win on the U.S. Open. And last week, the Chez Whisperer, I I shouldn't even call you the Sleaze anymore. Formerly known as the Sleaze, currently known as the Chez Whisperer, or C-Dub, if you want to call me that for short. C-Dub. Yes. Greetings. Thank you for addressing me appropriately. What, what would you like to know this week? How much money did you make to the penny on Chez Revy last week? I made some more money on Chez. I, only, I did not have him to win, although a couple of our listeners did have him to win. So props to those out there that had the balls to throw down on Chester to win the event. But I, uh, I took him at another uh, top 20. I was just Once I get a good thing going, I don't stray away from it. I did not necessarily think he was going to win. But I'm not surprised at all that he did. And it's a huge testament to him. He has made – he's had a nice couple of weeks here, about $1.8 in the last um, two weeks. So, you know, not bad. We should have had 200 k which is, uh, you know, not 1.8, but not bad. But you fucked up and didn't enter it. But anyway, good week for uh, the Chez Whisperer. And uh, I honestly think he's going to keep it, uh, keep it up going forward. Once he gets, once he gets trucking, uh, he typically doesn't look back. So maybe we'll get into that a little later in the pot. You know, Sleaze, good week for Chez, good week for you, good week for all of us, and good week for some of the listeners. Now, I've told you guys privately in our group text that we've got going on uh, all the time that I, I get a little perturbed on Sunday nights when I see other people in the industry who are just retweeting like 
everybody's tweets. Thanks for your help. I won money this week. Hey, look at me. And then they're like retweeting it. Like, yeah, we did a great job for you. We're the best. It's like, come on guys, settle down. That's what you're supposed to do. Act like you've been there before. That said, when we start getting all these tweets over the last couple of weeks about you guys are killing it. You guys, here's some screenshots and we are cleaning up because of you. I'm not going to retweet the stuff, but feels pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, it is nice, especially nice turn of events after the debacle at the PGA Championship that I had. You guys were probably pretty good, but I laid my life down on the line for Craig Hocknell, so it took a lot of heat for that. I like to retweet all the shitty comments that come to me. I might actually start doing that. But uh, it is nice to see some dudes win some money out there. And so we were minus the guru, Peter, last week. We still put together a pretty decent little DraftKings lineup. Some we people did. want some money on that, so props to us. We don't need the we don't need the, the you know fantasy guru here coaching us up. And we had a we had some success on the individual bets too. I'll I'll just kind of recap what I did in our accountability segment here. So last week two and one for the Sleaze, aka C Dub, aka the Chez Whisper. I had a uh, Patrick Reed thirty sixth or better. He ended up finishing thirtieth, so solid to P Reed. I'm not normally pulling for that guy, but I was last week for one of the first times ever. My new guy. Victor Hovland over Daniel Berger, as predicted, mm-hmm. home run, chicken dinner. I'm going to get more into Hovland as we get forward into the uh, Rocket, Mor- Rocket Mortgage this week. Did lose my boy Wolf over Tway. Not so much that Wolf played bad. He made the cut, but didn't make the Sunday cut. But Tway, wow, didn't see that coming. Had a big week, big week. Props to him. I love Kevin Tway. I was just more pro-Wolf in his uh, pro debut last week than anything. So he took the L, but two and one, not going to bitch about it. Uh, all things considered, pretty happy. Yeah, I was starting to count my money on my favorite bet from last week was Martin Keimer over in Germany at the BMW International Open. He led by two going into the weekend. I was texting Dude. everybody I could find going, hey, you guys got in on this, right? And everyone's like, eh, no, not exactly. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be the only one winning money. And then he shot like a, a 142 on, on Saturday. And I was like, well. Oh. Now he's in 11th place and he's not going to win. You had me real excited on Friday night when I, when I saw he was leading going into the weekend. I was like, holy shit, I think Silva might call that, like actually predict the winner of the European Tour. That was going to yeah, be big so props to you. You pick a winner, by the way, like that's a pretty, pretty big long shot. So you were at least in the mix there for a bit. If you're going Euro Tour, you can't be like, well, I like this guy at a top 20 on the Euro Tour. It's like if you're going to a different tour, I feel like you got to go big. Go big at all times. Yeah, I mean, you, you just can't like, hey, I really like Adrian Otegi in a matchup over uh fabricio zanotti this week who cares come on like you got to go big if you're doing that your european tour knowledge is vast before we transition into the rocket mortgage classic did make a wager already this week and it was on the open championship i sent you guys the ticket i'm on jt to win it at plus 45.50. sleaze you just had him on your radio show yes a lot of reasons to be bullish in my opinion especially at that price He's doing everything pretty well as one of the best players in the world. He's just putting terribly. Do you like the bet, and did you uh, get anything from JT on the radio show? I like that bet for a lot of reasons. On the radio show, he did say – we only cover a little bit of serious golf. We're not big serious golf guys on the radio show, but he did say everything feels good. I'm literally just putting it awful right now. So you get JT, one of the best ball strikers on the planet, 45 to 1. Yeah, I think that's a good bet. Uh, We also did get him to – we read him some rap lyrics from various rap songs. He's a big rap guy, this JT, and got him to explain what they meant to us in layman's terms. So that was good. And on top of that, our show is starting, Peter. This is something you should probably start putting into your model. Is becoming kind of a leading indicator here. We had Gary Woodland on as one of our first guests. First major after he uh, came on the show, won the U.S. Open. So 
Not saying that we create major champions on the show, but we don't not create major champions. So factor that in as well when you're when you're setting your prices. I'll, I'll factor it in. Silva had a nice rebuttal to that. Shouldn't Colt have a, have a, some some wins now? No, so Colt is. I mean- a host of the show. He is not a. I do not consider him a player right now. So he has. No, I am in no way responsible for Colt's play. I mean, in theory, Colt should have ten majors if people on the show keep winning. And I don't know what that says about you, Sleeves. Like you should like at least win like the Tuesday afternoon skins game that you play in or something like that. Yeah, I can only give the power to other people. I have it within me, but I don't. I don't actually create it myself on the golf course. I like to give it to other. I like to see other people. It's like Christmas. It's it, you get more from giving than you do from receiving. So I'm uh, basically like the Santa Claus of golf. That's another nickname people Santa call me. Claus of golf, C Dub, the Chess Whisperer, and the Santa Claus of golf. People call me these things all the time on the day to day. So that's more what I'm about is giving than receiving. You know, I'd rather I'd rather co-host podcasts and and radio shows than actually slip on green jackets and, and hoist big jugs over my head and, and fly private. You know what I'm talking about? Sleazy Santa Claus. That's my new nickname for you, buddy. Sleazy Claus for short. Coming back to JT. We're getting serious now. We're talking serious golf. Yeah, let's get, let's get real. You can, you can put it on mute for a minute. I don't have all the numbers exactly in front of me, but when you texted me that, I did tell you that one year he had he got stuck in the bad wave, like in the back nine of an afternoon. He shot 80 or something like that and otherwise played really well another year. He, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, got stuck in some sort of gorse bush and made a nine at some point and actually played pretty well other than making a nine. So it's like, I get it. They're, you know, they're outliers, but they're still, you know, ifs, woulda, coulda, buts. But he did play pretty well and doesn't really have the results of the Open Championship to show for it because a couple of things have happened seemingly every time. So I, I do like that bet. I really do. Yeah, anytime I can get 45 to one or more on JT – I'm going to fire it. And I do think outrights are a really tricky uh, market in general. There's a lot of vague and it's tough to beat, but it uh, just seemed like an inefficient line banking on some putting regression. All right, let's transition to the Rocket Mortgage Classic. New name, new course. We have some big names. DJ is the big favorite. Yeah, Ricky Fowler behind him, Matsuyama, Gary Woodland playing after winning the U.S. Open, Ches Reeve right there yeah. as the fifth favorite. Uh, incredible. Shout out to Chez. Uh, and just a good feel. You got Snedeker, Horschel, Patrick Reed, Ryan Moore, Bubba Watson. There's some pretty good names in this field. Sobel, what are your thoughts uh, on this tournament? How are you handicapping it? So a few things. First of all, I think we have to sort of try to figure out because of the level playing field, because there's no experience, there's no course history. Do you go with just talent alone and say, hey, the better players are going to play better? Or is this a total crapshoot? We just say, look, no one has course history. No one's been here before. No one knows anything about it. And it's just, hey, it could be a free-for-all this week. And I think part of this week's task for us is trying to figure that out. Now, obviously, guys like DJ and Ricky, they're, they're going to pretty much play well every single week. But I think there are a few other things you can look at. And I, here, here's where I think that if you do a little research this week, maybe you can come out, if not on top, then more on top than normal. Just because I think so many people tend to rely on course history. So people say, so-and-so always plays well at the Travelers. I'm going to pick him again there, and boom, I'm done. And I put in my DFS lineup. I put in my bets for the week. I, I did pick uh, Paul Casey and Bubba Watson and Kevin Streelman, guys who always play well in Connecticut, and there's my team. And that's fine, and sometimes it works out really, really well, and that team probably would have been okay last week. wouldn't have been terrible. You can't rely on that this week, so I think you can rely on other things. I, I think that this is first and foremost going to be a ball strikers course, the Donald Ross course, and. Uh, usually ball striking 
and accuracy come into play on these golf courses. And secondly, as I just mentioned, it's a Donald Ross. And I think we can look at past performance on Donald Ross courses. I found a quote from Brant Snedeker, who's won on three different Donald Ross courses, and there aren't that many of them in regular PGA Tour schedules. And uh, Snedeker said, I love Donald Ross courses. Uh, they're my favorite. You know, I, I love playing these. Won his first ever event uh, at Forest Oaks in 2008 for the Wyndham and then won again uh, last year at the Wyndham um, when he, uh, he played, uh, obviously, Sedgefield, which is another Ross course. So uh, he's got some history on those. And I think you can look at some other players, Jason Duffner, Ryan Moore, have some history on Ross courses. So it all comes together. I think part of this week is just figuring out, is it going to be – the big name guys just because uh, they have more talent and they're going to kind of figure it out quicker, or is it just going to be a total free for all? And do we go kind of bargain hunting this week? Yeah. A lot of big names uh, and some of the young guns. Sleaze, I'll kick it to you. Obviously you're the Ches whisperer. We'll get your opinion on him, but your young gun guys, I mean, they're all here. That's something that I was paying attention to right away. You got Victor Hovland, you got uh, Sung JM who we've been on this whole pot, this, you know, since this podcast has been going this year, We've been really high on Sung Jay ever since he came out on tour. Uh, you have a bunch of young guns that I think uh, are getting respect in the markets and are interesting DFS plays as well. Did any of those guys stand out to you, Sleaze? You, you actually hit on actually every guy that I really like this week. And I guess I'll just go ahead and jump into some of the guys that I like right now. I was doing a little talking with a few of the guys that are up there. As Sobel said, no one's played this golf course. Everyone's starting off on equal you know, level playing field here. No one's got any course history. No one plays well here or plays bad here. But the guys that I talked to said the fairways aren't tiny. They're somewhat generous. They're not big, but they're not small. But, so drive, but you get to hit a lot of drivers. But the iron play is the key here is what everyone has said um, that I've talked to. So the greens are really tricky, really hard to putt. So I think putting somewhat will get nullified. And they said the greens are, are fairly small. So for me, when I was putting together the guys, the bets that I like and the DFS guys that I like, I was going more towards like iron play, strokes gain, uh, tee to green, that type of stuff. So anyways, to jump it off on the young gun set, last week I said, you ride her till she bucks you or you don't ride at all. And I was referring to Victor Hovland getting us some big chicken at the U.S. Open. Got me some nice chicken last week. So I'm running again with him this week. I got Victor Hovland minus 110 over a guy that I don't have huge expectations for this week. So it's kind of a double whammy over Bubba Watson. So if you look at Bubba, the reason I like this is, A, I think Victor Hovland is an absolute beast. He's driving the ball better than anyone on planet Earth over the last uh, couple events that he's played, and it's not even close. It's by a long shot. And if you look at Bubba, his last five events, MC – I'm sorry, last four events, MC 63rd, MC 54th. And 54th was last week at the Travelers, of course, that, you know, typically you say this is one of Bubba's spots. This is one of the places that he plays well. He really just hasn't played very well lately. And I think uh, going to a new golf course, you can kind of tell before the week starts whether Bubba's going to play well or not. I just don't see it. I, I haven't really seen much from him lately. And meanwhile, Victor Hovland, seven starts to try to get his tour card or at least get to web finals to try to play his way into a tour card. I'm big on Victor Hovland, and I'm not big on Bubba. So that's my favorite bet of the week, Victor Hovland, minus 110 over Bubba. Yeah, I like that. Short Bubba and very bullish on Hovland. So what are your thoughts? I am on record uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, of being on Team Fade Bubba, and I'm not jumping off that right now by any means because uh, I just think something's wrong there. And I've said for a long time about Bubba, and I, I don't know if it's something physical, something mental, something psychological, something technical, but if it is the latter, if it is technical, 
the thing with Bubba, everything we love about Bubba, he's got a homemade swing, he's never had a coach, and he can work the ball both ways. The problem with that is that when it's not going right, you don't have another set of eyes to fall back on. You don't have that coach saying, hey, well, here's what you're doing wrong because you've gone 40 years without ever working with a coach. And so I, I think when it goes badly for Bubba, it's harder for him to turn it around just because he doesn't have anyone to help him with this stuff. It, all he knows is I hit the ball and it goes way right to left or it goes way left to right and it goes way down the fairway. And yet when it's not working for him, he's not a guy that's looking at his numbers on a track man trying to figure out like, well, this is why it's not going right. And so right now it is, as Slee said, not going right whatsoever. So I am fading Boba everywhere possible. That's it. Don't love Hovland as much as you do, Sleaze, this week. I think that he's just sort of the bright, new, shiny toy for the PGA Tour he fans is. out there. He definitely the is. The markets yeah. are absolutely overreacting. In fact, one of the matchups I really like is Ben on at even money against Victor Hovland this week. You're talking about an experienced veteran player, a guy with two top 20s in his last three starts. I really like Ben on exactly this week um, on a course where he should be able to play well. He's a really good ball striker. So uh, that's what I'm looking at. A um, couple other matchups, uh, Sungjae Im still not getting quite the credit that he deserves. Uh, well, he's matched up with Kevin Kisner, which I think is a really tough one, but I, I like him this week. And the guy that I found against Bubba was Aaron Wise. And Aaron Wise has sort of had an underwhelming year, zero top tens in 15 starts. I don't quite get that. I don't know what's going on with him right now. Brooks Kepka was like effusive in his praise of Aaron Wise before the U.S. Open. He thinks Wise has a tremendous amount of talent. I tend to agree with him, and I think it's only a matter of time before he turns things around. So in a matchup against Bubba, I, I love Wise in that one. Just on the Bubba stuff, I'm on board of fade Bubba on any matchup you can get. Victor was just the one that kind of jumped off the page to me. I yeah. think Bubba is one of the one of, if not the streakiest guys on the PGA Tour. When he's playing good, look at when he starts feeling himself, look out. You saw him go on that run last year where he, he won the match play. I think he won like one or two other times. was a world beater, looked unbelievable, was just mowing people down. And when he gets bad and when he gets down and he starts missing cuts and starts hanging his head, he is absolutely a shell of himself when he's playing well. So I think right now things aren't really clicking for him. Things aren't going good. I think he's one of those guys when he's down, you ride that out as long as you can until he shows you that, uh, that he's back. And on a golf course that he's never seen before, uh, one that we don't know whether it suits him or, or doesn't suit him, but I'm willing to bet that um, this isn't his rebound week. So I would take Bubba in any. Um, I would take the other side of Bubba in any matchup you can get. Victor was just the one that uh, jumped off the page uh, for me. I'm sure Bubba. I think you guys made a lot of good points on him, and he's a streaky golfer. And we know he's kind of a horses for courses guy. New venue. I'm going to bank on his kind of current form, and that this is not one of the spots that he uh, really over exceeds. There's a lot of guys standing out to me just looking initially at the markets. One guy I want to point out that I think is uh, interesting across the board is Von Taylor, really starting to play some great golfs, having a great year. Uh, fourth at the Travelers, finished extremely strong with the 65, including five straight birdies and the Travelers. Before that, I mean, he's had some good finishes, including the 17th at Byron Nelson, 13th at the Wells Fargo. Just been very steady, um, and he's really cheap on drafting. So he's one guy that I'm looking at. He's gotten good line movement. The two other guys that I want to get your guys' opinion on that I've seen tremendous line movement already on, uh, Luke List and Keith Mitchell, which I was a little surprised. I guess it's because uh, they're anticipating distance being very important and then the driver being in the hands of a lot of these guys. Uh, those two have moved strong in the outright markets. Either of those names stand out to you guys? I don't love them. Uh, I, I tend to think, and again, this is, it's so difficult because we don't know exactly how this course is going to play, but everything I've seen – 
uh, it tends to favor ball strikers. It, it plays just, uh, uh, just about 7,340 yards. So it's not short, but not really long. Uh, those guys are, are guys that I tend to like on longer golf courses. Uh, we're going to bomb it. Uh, Slee said there are some fairly generous fairways, so that should help those guys. But not totally on my radar. Mitchell has not been good lately, really since Quail Hollow where he had a T8. Mitchell has not played his best golf in the last uh, month and a half or so. So I'm not totally on that. Uh, again, I, I like ball strikers. I'm going to give you a few names here, and I mentioned a few of these guys already. Snedeker is the one guy. If I, if I can make one outright bet, uh, I think Snedeker at like 35 to 1 right now is a really nice play. Ricky obviously should play pretty well, plays well just about every week, but obviously short odds there. Duffner I like. He went on a Donald Ross course at the 2013 PGA at Oak Hill. Benny Ahn, I just mentioned before. Hideki, anytime you say that putting could be neutralized a little bit, Hideki's a guy we could like. And Joaquin Neiman had a T5 finish at the Travelers, sort of out of nowhere, but not really. I mean, he was trending in the right direction, played really well last week. And if you go back and look last year when he was sort of – he was Victor Hovland last year. He was the number one ranked amateur. He turned pro. He was the bright, shiny object that everyone wanted to get a glimpse of. And, and I think we tend to forget that a year later because he hasn't played his best golf. And yet, you go back and look at some of those results from last year. Joaquin Neiman, when he tends to get hot, he stays hot for a few weeks in a row, so I really like him this week. Twist Speedy's arm on Neiman. That's his dog. I love Joaquin Neiman, and uh, I was looking at him on DraftKings. They priced him up up to 8900 Yeah. Uh, so he's starting to come up in price, but I do love that call quite a bit. Obviously a really talented golfer, and I'm just trying to figure out where to go. One other guy that I like a lot, uh, and then we can get into making a DraftKings lineup, is Bud Colley, who I think is having an underrated year, especially when it comes to ball striking. Uh, the putter hasn't exactly cooperated every event, but uh, he's been a very solid player. And he's another guy uh, who had just a big pedigree coming in, obviously friends with all the young guns that are getting the notoriety, uh, had that accident. But things really seem to be trending for Bud Colley, who's only 7,500. He did have the most recent two missed cuts, but before that he had a ninth place. He's shown some upside. So to me, uh, this year, while there's been more missed cuts than you'd like to see, the upside, uh, especially in the ball striking stats, seems to be there. Sleaze, I know you uh, talked to guys who know Bud, and uh, he's certainly a polarizing player in terms of his expectation, given that he's had a lot of missed cuts. But what are your thoughts on him? He's only 7,500 under draft. I think he's a really good play at 7,500. Bud Colley, he's, he's really similar to a guy I'm about to name off for my last bet that I really like. But Bud Colley, incredible ball striker, one of the better iron players that uh, I've ever been around. And there's just not a lot of variance in his ball striking, doesn't seem like. So being that this is a Donald Ross course, uh, iron play is key is the, is the biggest indicator in my opinion or the biggest factor to consider the greens are smaller than your average tour uh, greens that these guys are used to seeing fairways are going to be probably pretty comparable but that's the key to lock in on I think Bud is really good especially priced at 7500 and the last bet that I'll give you that I like a lot a very similar guy in my opinion Jason Duffner top 20 you can get him at plus 200 uh, he was seventh at the memorial which is another you know kind of second shot golf course he's top 20 just worked himself into the top 20 in greens and regulation on pj tour absolute nails tee to green and if these greens are as diabolical as some of the guys that i'm talking to are telling me i think that kind of nullifies the the putting and you, you know maybe you won't see as many 20 25 footers rolled in which duffner doesn't do very often at all so if you can kind of put him on a more of a level playing field on the greens i will take my chances with him tee to green uh, almost any day of the week. So I think top 20 at plus 200 is a, is a fairly good bet there for Duffner. 
Hey guys, uh, on a course where we don't know anything about anything and, and we think that some sort of long shots, dark horses could pay off this week, just throwing out a whole bunch of handful of names and see, see if you guys pick out any of these that you like necessarily. Uh, Sepp Straka, Taylor Gooch, Cameron Tringali, Wyndham Clark, Bronson Burgoon, Mackenzie Hughes, JJ Spawn, and the one I like the most out of this whole kind of lower price group, Sam Ryder, who's really trending in a nice direction right now. Yeah, shout out Wyndham Clark. I'm going to sound biased, um, but that's, that would be the guy that I like. He's absolutely got enormous speed off the tee. One of the leading uh, driving distance guys on the PGA Tour. The problem that he runs into is that he doesn't drive it straight all that often. If he can, This golf course, from what I'm told, is going to play around 7,300 yards, so pretty average you know, length type of a deal. He has not played well of late, but uh, just speaking with him recently, I know that he's, he's spent a lot of time with his teacher, says he feels really good about it. I think the upside – if you're going upside out of all those guys, if, if, he, uh, if he can hit the ball in the fairway off the tee, I think the upside is the highest for him. I also agree. I think Sam Ryder is your, is your safe play out of those guys that you mentioned. Maybe Taylor Gooch, too. He's a really good player as well. But those would be the guys out of the list that you named that I like the most. Well, before we get out of here, we got to make a DraftKings lineup. we got to make sure we get it in the tournament so we don't have a debacle like the U.S. Open. I'll start it off. Let me go. I'm going to take, I'll go up north with the big dogs first. We didn't talk about them a ton, but if you want to talk about just tee to green, nails, ball striking, I'll take Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah. Guy that hasn't won that we've been calling for forever so that when he does inevitably win soon or at some point, we're going to be like, yeah, we've been talking about him for forever, but we have been talking about him for forever. We're past due on the time that it should take for him to get a win, but uh, you're hard pressed to find a, a guy that, that's better tee to green than Hideki. So, if this course plays like, you know, the guys are saying it's going to play, I, I like Hideki up top. Probably won't be as high-owned as some of these other guys, but um, I, I like him. At almost $2,000 less than DJ, I think that's a really nice play up top. Yeah, saves you two grand, and you're getting a pretty damn good player. Yeah, I like that. I want to go Sungjae or Neiman, and I'll let you pick. I think one of those two we should, we should snag. So what do you, which way do you, should we go? You know what? I think you know what you're talking about, and I think I really like both of those guys, and I think we're going to take them both right here. Perfect. Woo! Executive decision from the soap. I dog. like that. We got to start saving some cash now, but I, yeah. I really like that call. Well, there uh, goes Chez. Yeah, Chez. That's is the out. problem with Chez. We've been on Chez. We've been loving Chez. We've we actually really kind of pounced at the right time with Chez. Now the whole world knows. Now his prices are going to be high. Now he's going to be matched up with the next tier up in golfers, and the cat's out of the bag, and it's going to be. Our days of stealing Chez are over, boys, unfortunately. He's also 9,700 on DraftKings. He's the yeah. sixth, sixth highest this week. So those days of stealing him are toast, which, which pains me. It, it is awful. But, Sleaze, you're on the clock, bud. What kind of, what kind of money am I working with? What, what price range? 63.66 is our average. We need to be in the 7K range here. All right, a little seven burger. You know what? Let's go Adam Wong. He's been playing fairly well. He's at 6,900. I don't know where he finished last week, but was playing really well uh, for a long time. And um, another one of those guys just from, you know, being around him, kind of a streaky dude. So I don't know. If we're we're hovering around the 7K range, I think he's as good a pick as any. Yeah. As a tournament play, that makes a lot of sense. I do think there's a lot of risk. He's only made eight of 20 cuts. but Yeah, he's a feast or famine, it seems like. Yeah. So – Tournament lineup, I like that. I'm going to go with Vaughn Taylor, who I mentioned earlier. Good. He's playing great golf. Just from a statistical standpoint, he looks very strong as well. And I'll buy the trend. Some people believe in, you know, great Sunday round, the tournament before. I think it's somewhat noisy, but I do like the overall recent form of Vaughn Taylor, which I think is important, especially since we don't have 
any context for course history or that much on course fit. Uh, we have 7,600 left. Sobel, where are you going, bud? Well, I like Mackenzie Hughes at 7,600, but if there's one thing I've learned from Peter Jennings over the years, it's leave some money on the table. If we're putting this in as a tournament team, I don't want to use up all the money, and so I'm going okay. a little bit lower. And a guy I mentioned just sort of briefly in passing, but J.J. Spawn's put up some decent numbers. He makes a lot of cuts, which I think when, when you're getting a guy who's uh, at the low end of the, the price scale, uh, you want to make sure he makes cuts. He's made 14 of 20 so far this year. He finished in 30th last week, 44th in the start before that. So trending in the right direction. So I'm going J.J. Spawn right there. All right. I love it. We will make sure to get this in. We have to make sure this happens this week. Matsuyama, Neiman, Sungjae Im, Adam Long, Vaughn Taylor, and JJ Spawn. So fun times as always, guys. Make sure to subscribe to the Action Network podcast feed. Good luck this week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and we'll catch you guys next week.